You're listening to another episode of the Zag. Eric Jusobe here. Excited to be joined by 2015 NLC North Carolina fellow Carly Jones is here. Our first North Carolina person on the pod. Thanks for listening. A lot to talk about. Let's get to it. All right, Carly. I think, like I said, you're our first North Carolina person. You might actually be our first like real singer as well. Uh, tell people a little bit about your singing background and your singing talents. Uh, cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, thanks for having me. I'm, um, yeah, I'm a performing artist and, um, I, um, I, I do musical theater and opera. I'm classically trained. Um, and I also do a lot of arts administration now. So I'm in charge of all of the state funds for grants across the state for music. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of stage work is what I do and, and then arts administration. And was that something that was present in your family or you're the oddball who took to it and never let go of it? How'd you end up doing all the music and the stage stuff? Right. Well, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I did show choir, you know, with the (laughs) in middle school and, um, choir. And then, um, yeah, I just had a knack for, uh, for acting and performing and, um, so musical theater and, and opera were kind of the natural fit there. And then I, yeah, I went to college. Uh, I went away to school in Ohio, uh, Miami university of Ohio and, um, on a music scholarship. And then from there on, I was just, I was hooked. So <laughs> yeah. And then how did you get connected doing music education, music grants, basically the role you're, you're, you're in now, how did you find a way to make uh, a professional life out of art and, and activism coming together? Right. Uh, well, it, uh, politics have uh, and social justice work has always been a passion of mine. Um, I come from kind of a political family and um, grew up working on campaigns and such. Um, but then I also, of course, grew up performing and singing. And um, to me, I, I just feel as if um, music and the arts are um, the most powerful tool that you could have to um you know, use in uh, social justice work. And so um, I've kind of merged the two. I try to merge the two as much as I can. Um, and when I was in, when I was in college, I actually majored in opera and arts administration because my father was nervous that I wouldn't be able to get a job. <laughs> really, that's actually kind of the reason. <laughs> but I'm glad that he uh, pushed me to do it because uh, arts funding and grant work and nonprofit work uh, are really important um, in this in this world because uh, the funders and the grantors that is who controls the access to arts. You know, uh, the arts really opens the the doors to understanding different kinds of people and different kinds of cultures, and it's important that people from all demographics from all over the country and all, all different kinds of towns and places have access. So I have a passion for that as well, and so I, I just kind of merged my love of public service and my love of the arts together. And then what do you and think about pro- pro- that are, that are most interesting for you to support, to fund, uh, you know, which ones really stand out? Is it things that are targeting uh, students or kids or people at a certain point in their academic career, maybe at a certain point in their life? What are the things that usually stand out to you when you see like an application come through or you think about things that you really want to support financially? 
Um, well, I think it's really important. It's, we have a pretty wide state here in North Carolina. Um, so, you know, we have, we've got a lot of rural counties out, out West, um, in the mountains, and we've got a lot of, uh, rural counties out East towards the coast. And so I think, um, it's really important for us to, you know, sort of spread the wealth, so to speak, um, amongst all of our counties throughout North Carolina to make sure that people are exposed to the world beyond them. And so I think that that is what is most one of the most important um, aspects of grant funding. And then, of course, uh, early education is huge. And um, typically, you know, we you know, we've all heard about the studies for early education and, um, you know, how important that is, especially um, for demographics that don't typically have those more robust early education programs. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you remember the Save the Music campaign, you know, back that page one did back in the day. I th- and actually, I think it's still around. Um, you know, it's proven that music um, can improve test scores. It's all, But beyond that, to me, um, it's beyond tests. It, it creates empathy. You know, the arts is um, expression, you know, and art, music, dance, drama, it's all about expression. And so when a child knows how to express themselves in whatever way it is that they decide is best for them, um, we're creating a more empathetic world, you know? And so I think that that is, it's really important to get arts education in there early um, to create um, more uh, compassionate human beings. I think that's what we need. Yeah, Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. When, uh, when uh, we come back, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about arts and education. I'll talk a little bit more about life on the East Coast compared to the West Coast for progressives. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. So one of the things I'm curious about, I'm glad you brought up that the impact of, of music and arts education oftentimes is in soft skills like being empathic and being more compassionate. But oftentimes in the worlds of grants and funders, you know, so many uh, grant terms include like really specific metrics, like X amount of kids will go through this program or you'll see this increase in um, attendance or test scores, kind of like you were alluding to earlier. How do you balance the uh, kind of hard impact that you might see from funding going to arts education versus some of the software skills that you mentioned that are super key as well? Um, well, yeah, the, the grant process can be uh, kind of hard to navigate for some folks um, because of those hard metrics. And, uh, you know, I take it upon myself to make sure that um, people aren't intimidated by those processes. You know, I think that that is, can be intimidating, especially when you don't have a very robust organization, especially for nonprofits, for example. I come from the nonprofit world from working with a really small nonprofit which typically they're, they have um, smaller staffs and such. And so it is important um, on the grantors side, now that I'm on the other side of, you know, I used to be on the writing grant side and applying for grants, and now I'm on the other side of grants. Yeah. And I understand, you know, we do have to have certain metrics to be able to monitor um, the funds that we that we give out. But we also need to be adaptable to 
different communities and different organizations and how they work, you know, because there might be a really wonderful organization doing great work um, that just speaks a different language, you know? And so um, it's my job to kind of break down that process um, for everyone and kind of meet them where they are um, and walk them through that process. I don't know if that answered your question, but that does. That does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Last thing, like I was saying, you know, it's been great doing this podcast because we get to interact with with NLC folks and progressives in all different parts of the country, and we're not just confined to the very progressive Los Angeles out here with our coastal elites and our beaches and everything being <laughs> vegan and and all that good stuff. So I'm always curious when other folks from different chapters are on. You know, what do you feel like at least? Uh, f- people tend to misunderstand or, or maybe have the wrong perception of when it comes to uh, progressives in your part of the country? Mm. Uh, well, we're dealing with a lot of issues here in North Carolina. I mean, uh, if you pay attention to national news, we're constantly making the headlines and mm-hmm. usually not for the right reasons. <laughs> um, and so we have a lot of battles, uh, especially down here in the Southeast um, that we're fighting. Um, and so there is a true call for progressives to as across the country, of course, to get to the polls and to really reach out to voters and demographics that may not have been, um, been in, that may not have been in contact with, you know, uh, the being active and, um, getting in, and socially engaged. And so, um, it is interesting, you know, Southern Democrats, we, we've got, <laughs> we've got some issues uh, to work through. Um, but I think it's important to realize, like, especially in North Carolina, you know, we just, we have such diversity throughout our state. You know, like I said earlier, we have the beach, we have the mountains, which have their own cultures. Um, and then, of course, we have, you know, kind of the middle of the state, which is where I'm located in Raleigh, where you've got all of these universities got Duke and UNC, the UNC system, and a lot of transplants. We've got actually the fastest growing area in the entire country um, in the Raleigh-Durham area. And so um, it's all very, very different. You've got Charlotte out out, um, uh, on the other side of the state. And so um, because it's such a long state and because um, everyone is so vastly different and all the cultures are very different, that's where that empathy comes into play again, right? You know, that's where, um, you know, you've got to be able to talk to people uh, that are different from you, you know, and I, especially um, progressives, you know, we all are very, um, we're all very different and we all come from different backgrounds. And so being able to work through those differences, that can, it can be a strength of ours, you know, because that's what America looks like. But um it can also be a weakness if we don't know how to work together, right? So, um, you know, we've got all kinds of issues down here in North Carolina that we're facing, but I think it'll make us stronger in the end, you know? Um, I think at the end of the day, for example, you know, we've got the Silent Sam stuff that um, has been in the news lately and all of our Confederate monuments. That's kind of an issue throughout the South. Um, You know, being able to hear each other's um, opinions on that and meet somewhere, um, to be able to make a change, um, with the times (laughs) is a struggle that we have that's unique to our part of the country. 
Um, so yeah, we definitely have our, our own struggles that we're, we're getting through. Um, and that is exactly why NLC is so important. And then what was the reality like being a statewide chapter? I mean, a lot of the things you just mentioned, I'm sure played out then in your fellows class, or at least they play out now in that sounds like you're drawing from a lot of different areas and folks are meeting periodically. Is that something that you guys encounter a lot when you're doing recruitment for new fellows that you're you know drawing from all these different places and you have to tweak your messages or is actually the kind of one coherent message of we'll all be progressives together on this journey in this room is actually what draws people and then that's what cements them together as a cohesive group what, what kind of things have you seen yeah i think that's i think the latter you know i think I, it's a strength of ours that we have a statewide chapter um you know every every nlc chapter is different um and I think it really works for us to have a statewide chapter because we have a, a big push in North Carolina to bring people together from different cultures and different parts of the state for, you know, that, that one goal of, of changing how things are going. And, um, and so I think that is, um, that is a strength of ours that we have a statewide chapter because, what people are facing out east or in the rural counties, I may not know much about because I'm from the Raleigh Durham area. And so when we can get in the same room together and um, have North Carolina as our common goal and, and um, making sure that we go um, uh, towards a more progressive way of thinking overall, um, that's what brings us together. And so, cause if we don't talk to each other, then, then we won't, we won't be able to, to win. Uh, in all of these different uh, counties and, and also be able to um, really bring people together and reach, reach everyone that we need to reach. So um, I think that's an appeal of the chapter um, that we, that we have. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, we're still somewhat of a, a young chapter too. So, um, but, and we've had our, we had our largest class last year and um, we, they came from all over the state, which was a, uh, a beautiful thing to watch. Nice. Uh, yeah. Nice. Well, good to hear. Well, listen, for all those that are listening, NLC applications are due October 1st or sooner for LA, for North Carolina, and for the 50 plus other chapters across the country. You can find all that information at newleaderscouncil.org and you can find all past episodes of the ZAG in the iTunes store and all other places. So make sure to check those out wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to this episode. A couple more coming later this week. So stay tuned. Until then, we'll catch you soon. 